Hello and welcome to the Arsenal way back again with our match reaction show after Arsenal's disappointing 2-1 defeat against Lens in France. I'm delighted to be joined by Charlie for this one and we're going to basically dissect the result, um, dissect where it went wrong for Arsenal tonight because a lot did go wrong for Mikel Arteta's side over in France um, from the performance to injury worries, um, to obviously the defeat. Um, but yeah, we'll discuss that. But Charlie, you okay? <sighs> yeah, I'm okay. It's just so frustrating, man. It's so frustrating. Uh, it The whole game was just extremely, extremely frustrating. Like from the performances for ev nearly every single individual, to to the way that we were passing, the, the sloppiness uh, continuously throughout the game, that the the lack of clear cut chances hmm. as well that we had. Um, I mean, fair enough. I I, I will give credit to RC Lons and and their defence. I, I think that they defended very well, and that was part of the reason why Arsenal didn't get many uh, clear cut chances, as I said. But even so, we we are Arsenal. We're we're playing against RC Lons who who aren't who haven't been in the Champions League for if I remember correctly for ages. Um, and I'm in the best of starts to this season. Yeah. I know they won on Friday against Strasbourg. Yeah, I mean uh, they, they've had they've had a difficult yeah. start. To I, this I mean season. they they finished second last season it, it, in league, but I'm 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 not trying to take any credit away from RC Lons. I think that they did play they very well, well and yeah. they, and they are a good team. But what I'm trying to say is that we are a better side than that. We are we are 100% a better team than, than what we saw tonight. Um, I'm trying to find words to describe it. We'll discuss that after. We'll discuss yeah. that after because we'll give we'll give you a bit of time to basically recuperate. Yeah, because it's straight after full time and it's always difficult um, assessing things. Um, once they happen um, straight off the final whistle. But let's start with a potential injury blow for, in my opinion, Arsenal's best player. And it showed as soon as he went off, Arsenal, they, they offered nothing going forwards. I think Mikel Arteta, questions need to be asked um, of him tonight because, again, I think his substitutions weren't the best. If Personally, for myself, if Bakaya Saka goes off, you should be looking to bring in a player like Reese Nelson, someone that can run in behind. When you bring in a player like Fabio Vieira and you have Leandro Trossard on the other side, things are just too static. Everything's played into feet, if that makes sense. Yeah. And when you go to a difficult ground, um, hostile atmosphere, you have to give Lance a bit of respect because, look, they showed that they are a good team and they wanted it more than us tonight. But I think his substitutions were not the best. And we'll start off with the injury because, look, we're not sure how serious it is. But when you got Manchester City on the horizon, a massive, massive game for Arsenal this Sunday. And Bakaya Saka's your most important player. And look, I'm not saying that he should have been rested for tonight. But he's picked up knocks. In the game against Bournemouth, in the previous game before that, and he's and, and he keeps playing. We keep persisting with him, 
And there needs to come a time where Mikrateta needs to prioritize his health, his well-being. Mm. Yeah. And look, I, I I know like when you play in the Champions League, it's always difficult. You always have to go strong. And I agree with that because I look at Manchester City. Tomorrow when they go to RB Leipzig, they're going to play the best 11. Erling Haaland's going to play. Um, Rodri's going to play. They're going to have the big hitters playing. But with Arsenal, with Saka, it's something different. He's playing week in, week out. He never gets a breather even when he goes off to international duty with England. He's always playing for England. Yeah. So he's always playing week in, week out, consecutive games. He gets kicked about because he's that type of player. Because he, he, he likes to go past players, they like kicking him, etc. But I think this was the perfect game to take him out of the firing line and give someone like Reese Nelson an, an, an opportunity. Yeah. And now we're hoping that he that he's hopefully fit for our biggest game of the season on Sunday. So what's your thinking? Because I understand why Mikel Arteta played him. Yeah. Because yeah. it's the second game of the Champions League. It's not the Europa League. Mm. So I understand that reason for why he started Bukaya Saka in this game. Because for me, it's a big game. Yeah. And it proved on the pitch because we lost. However, the fact that he's picked up Knox in the past weeks, this was probably the perfect chance to give him a little breather. So, yeah, I'm torn. I'm torn on this. I completely agree. Um, I mean... Every Champions League game is going to be a big game. And yes, ad- ad- admittedly, you would want to play almost your strongest team possible. Uh, and I mean, we've previously said the Champions League is a good chance to actually rotate the team that we've got because we do have good quality players uh, in our squad uh, and we've got a good kind of depth in our squad as well. As you were mentioning, obviously Fabio Vieira came on for Saka but then we're questioning, well, why wasn't Nelson there? Why wasn't someone else there kind of thing? And that's, to be fair, if you think about it, that's quite a good thing because we are, because we do have that squad depth. We're saying, well, we've got this player as well and this player as well. We have but squad. We have, we have that rotation. Yeah, we do. But the only rotation option we don't have in, in the biggest position, in my opinion, is Bukayo Saka. We don't have a like-for-like replacement for him. Fabio Vieira can fill the void here and there. Reese Nelson can fill the void but they're not, they're not up to that standards no. when you compare it with Bukayo Saka. Look, he went off the pitch and it derailed our attacking mm-hmm. front three. Yeah. We were non-existent after that. Yeah, I mean, everything everything seemed to be going down our right-hand side. In the first half, I, I, Trossard was not good, <laughs> to, to be sure. He, he wasn't good at all in the first half. Uh, and everything ended up going down that right-hand side. Saka was the kind of danger point. And when Fabio Vieira came on, nothing happened. He It didn't seem like he was making the runs. He wasn't coming short, re- receiving the ball, passing and then running. It, it just it just didn't seem like anything was happening. Um, and I agree with you. I think that Nelson probably should have been coming in for uh, for Saka when, when he came off instead of Vieira, because we know that Vieira can play where, where Havertz did. And we saw obviously Havertz go off. We yes, we did see Smith Rowe come on, but when Smith Rowe comes on, I think that's when Trossard goes off as well. So maybe then you can put Smith Rowe on the left where Trossard has been playing, uh, whilst you've got Nelson on the right, and then Vieira where Havertz has been playing. Hmm. Um, but I think today was probably a good chance to 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 have a bit of rotation, as we were just mentioning the Champions League, uh, uh, the. Uh, 
it does seem like it's a good kind of point of rotation every so often. And we should, I think he should have done it. I think Arteta should have been like, you know what, let's rest him. Because as you mentioned, he, he went off against Bournemouth. He was limping. He, he, he found it difficult to close down a ball. He went down himself today. He, you saw him limp and he was like, okay, yeah, I need to, I need to, I need to go down. Uh, and then he, he obviously got taken off. Um, and the kicks and, and 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 the fouls against him and, and the niggles and everything, it it seems like it's building up and building up and building up. And then you're like, oh no, it's Saka. He's going to miss the next game. But then he comes back hmm. and then he plays again. He gets another kick and it's like, but, oh, is it, but, is, but, but isn't that a warning sign for Mikel Arteta? I look at one player here, which I love to pieces, Jack Wilshere. Hmm. And he was the best like up and coming talent from Hell End really good, yeah. A few years ago. Um then he picked up those injuries. He used to get kicked left, right, and center. And he was playing week in, week out at such a young age. I think mm. he first broke onto the scene when he was like 17, 18 years old. Yeah. And he broke onto the scene and he was playing week in, week out. But injuries stifled his progression because there was times where you could have given him a breather, but Arsene Wenger decided not to. He opted against it. Then he was going over to play with England and he wasn't getting the rest. And I think mm. with players, you look at, I look at Pep Guardiola, for example, Phil Foden, he's the perfect example. His progression has been good. Look, it's not been the best. It's not been the most amazing progression you'd want for a player like Phil Foden, standard. But Pep Guardiola realises that he can't be playing week in, week out. Yeah. And yeah. you've seen it in the past. Mm. If there's an opportunity to rest Phil Foden, Pep Guardiola does it. And with Bakaya Saka, we just we just don't have that like-for-like replacement. And I think that was the big thing during the summer transfer window. You saw players which were linked um, to us. Kudus, yeah. he was an option. Yeah. Potentially. About £40 million. He would have been a very good signing. There are players out there. Yeah, they may not be up to that standard of Bakaya Saka, but they can at least fill the void to yeah. an adequate level. I don't yeah. think Fabio Vieira can. No. I, because I, I, if, I he's think... the, if he's the first choice to replace Bakaya Saka, you've seen it there. Yeah. Fabio Vieira's not a right winger. No. He he's can play right there, but he's not. He can play yeah. there, but that's that's when that's when that's the last resort. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think I, I think Nelson should have played there in the first place. But yeah, maybe someone like Pedro Neto. It, it yeah, that's a good shot. Very good it'll be It'll be a better kind of... Because they're starting all the time. They're starting for their for their club. They can play on the left, they can play on the, the right. Experience. Exactly, exactly. But also with Saka, as I was mentioning, the, the amount of niggles and uh, and kicks and stuff like that, and you're thinking, oh, God, he's, he's he could be injured again. Arteta said in his press conference, he, he was asked whether players actually, if they have been injured, come and say to him, I want to play. Hmm. I, I I have in my head that after that's been said, that Saka's doing that. I feel like he's yeah, saying, oh, "I want to keep on playing. I want to yeah, keep on course. playing." But Arteta's responsibility, said, though, yeah, for the manager. Arteta said in his uh, the 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 response, he said, "Well, if they if they're saying to me, um, I want to play, it's a good sign because they feel good." But then, oh, where God. where does it come to a point where you're like? If this is happening with Saka and he is saying, I want to play, where does it come to a point where you say, no, you need to step back a sec? 
Yeah. We're just going to rest you because you do seem to be getting a lot of knocks. We need you for this City game because we do. It will be it, yeah. it possibly be de- detrimental to, to the whole season. Yeah. As we mentioned previously, this could be a huge game for Arsenal's Premier League season. Without Saka and Martinelli, potentially. And without Saka, possibly. And without Martinelli, possibly. That could be tough, man. That could be yeah. so tough. Uh, and, and I mean, Saka, when we won 3-1, he was the player that scored our goal. Yes, it was a penalty, but he was he scored our goal. When we lost 2-1 at home, he scored our goal there. He kick-starts things, especially against City, especially against big sides, big games. He is, he is probably the player that you can rely on the most to turn up. Hmm. And if we don't have him, it could be so... It's going to be even more difficult. It's not like we're going to find this an easy game and it's going to be like, yeah, OK, that's fine. He can sit out for the game because Nelson can do, Nelson can do a job against, against City. Don't get me wrong. Nelson was probably our best player against City at the Etihad last season, but that was after it had, it was 4-1. Mm. <laughs> and he's no Saka. No, no, no offence to him. He's no Saka. Another game. Playing against potentially Manchester City without not our best eleven, mate. That's and, and per, a perfect opportunity as well because they don't have the likes of De Bruyne or Rodri against us. Mm-hmm. It's like God. It always evens itself we, out, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly, man. It's like oh, you think oh, we've got a chance here. We have a chance, and then all of a sudden, Saka goes down in the twenty seventh minute or whatever. And it's like oh, oh God. It's frustrating. Oh, it is frustrating. Oh, I really hope, I really hope that he gets the rest and the kind of recovery that he needs to for this weekend. I yeah. really do because it can't, it, I, I don't want to understate the amount of, of importance that it could mean for Arsenal. Hmm. Oh, mate. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. We're hoping to hear from Mikel Arteta um, in his press conference um, later on. It will be on the channel. So hopefully we have some good news. But I say hopefully... Even if there is good news, Mikel Arteta probably won't even tell us. No. <laughs> if, we're being, if we're being completely honest, he'll probably play it down and he'll probably say, yeah, he's got an injury. We need to assess him for the weekend. So, look, you know what Mikel Arteta is. He's poker fix when it comes yeah. to injuries. So, I don't, tr- I don't trust the word that guy says when it comes to injuries. So, I mentioned that watch out for the um, video on our channel. But it probably won't. Probably won't mention nothing, but yeah, yeah, keep an eye on this press conference later on tonight, and uh, and we'll see what Mikel Arteta says about that Bukayo injury. But we'll start off dissecting the game, um, Charlie. The first goal is look, Gabriel Jesus scores a fantastic goal. We're one 0 up. We quiet in terms of crowds. Like the onus is on us now. Lens have mm-hmm. to come to basically attack us, and then there's an opportunity for Arsenal to pick off. Um, this team on the counter-attack and score a couple of more goals. But why do we always have the habit of making our own mistakes? Like, I don't mind playing out from the back, yeah? David Raya, Aaron Ramsdale, this is what they do. They're ball-playing goalkeepers. But there's always an opportunity when you should play a pass. Mm. That pass was never on. No. That pass was never on for Tommy Yasu. And even that... The ball, he's hit it so hard to Tomiyasu that Tomiyasu will have so much trouble controlling that. Mm. Yeah, and they, it was... it's a it's a fantastic goal. It's a fantastic yeah. goal. Yeah, I'm I'm not saying it's it's a poor goal. It's a well worked goal. 
but it stems from us being complacent, doesn't it? Yeah, it's the way that they gained possession in the first place. It was not a good pass. Um, I, I've mentioned previously, uh, to be fair, I think it was really the Spurs game. The rise distribution was awful, awful. And today it was a bit better, but it, but clearly it wasn't good enough. And he he is probably the fault at uh, fault of uh, for their first goal. Um, wh- whoever their left back is, is it Frankowski, whatever his name yeah. is, their left yeah. back. Yeah. He was touch tight to Tomiyasu, and with a ball coming in, where to- he has to jump to be able to get it down on his chest in the first place, and he and as I say, their left backs almost touch tight to Tomiyasu. He managed to get in front of Tomiyasu in the first place, and then obviously play on from that and. It's not good enough, really. Uh, As you mentioned, it's the pass wasn't on in the first place. The pass wasn't on in the first place. So why is that ball being played? If if there's nothing on, the work the the best thing that you can do is just at least hoof it up the pitch. If if there's literally nothing on, get it up the pitch instead of get get instead of passing it to our right back, who's already being closed down. And then they can go straight away on attack. At least give give them give us some time to kind of sit back and uh, and reshape because the pass that he played, he was out of position straight away. Our defence was a bit out of position as well, especially with the fact that it was to Tomiyasu, who was our right back, who was almost at the halfway line or, or however, however however far up the pitch he was. Hmm. Uh, that, yeah. Uh, I, I'm still questioning whether Raya should be our number one over Ramsdale. And it's moments like this which make me question it. Um, I haven't really. I've seen Ryan make some amazing saves. Don't get me wrong. I have seen him make some amazing saves, especially. It's, the, not, it's uh, not a foregone conclusion, though. I agree. Exactly. Exactly. And it's and these are the moments why Ryan doesn't seem to be kind of tested constantly every single game. Uh, whereas I think Ramsdale, more often so than not, he would come up with a really good save for us. No, Nearly every single game last season, there was a there would be a save that he would have to make. Whereas Raya today, all he'd be doing is just coming out and kind of and receiving the ball. But it, don't get me wrong, he's quite commanding and, uh, and stuff like that. But he comes to collect the ball. He comes to receive the ball when we're outside the box when we when we're on the when we've got the ball in our back line. Ramsdale seems to be. So far, uh, from what I've seen of, of Raya, he seems to be a better kind of shot stopper, Ramsdale. And we were saying Raya is a better shot stopper because of the amount of shots that he came up against at Brentford. Maybe that's just the way that the way the cookie crumbles. Maybe that's just the way that the the, the, op- the opposition has been playing really well, and that the the shots that they've had against us when he's been playing, um, uh, they've just been good shots. But, um. That conversation still needs to be had. I feel bad for Ramsdale because it's almost like he's been tossed aside and he's like, yeah, you can be the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup keeper. Mm. And I don't think that that's right for him yet. Uh, I still think that he needs to be given more of a chance, especially in the in the Champions League. We Both of us, I think, have said previously that he's helped us get here last season. He has helped us progress massively, Ramsdale. And... I think that he deserves to play in this competition because of it. I really do. And I 
I don't like the fact that Raya has straight away come in. He's played it. What was the game against Everton? I think it was. He played against Everton and then straight away he's gone in Champions League. I thought that the thing would be, obviously I have no idea what's going on backstage, but I thought the idea would be he plays against Everton because then it means that Ramsdale can play in midweek against... That's what a lot of people thought. Uh, and it seemed like that that would be the case. It seemed like Ramsdale might be our cup key part, but in terms of cups, I'm talking about everything but the Premier League, which I would actually be okay with. And Raya, I I thought with the fact that because he was on loan, he was more like a experimental keeper. We we'd bring him in every so often. We might we might play him in the Champions League. We'll, we'll play him in the Carabao Cups, the FA Cups, maybe the odd Premier League. Just a bit of rotation there. Maybe we'll see, still see a bit of rotation. But that that are games like this and the the distribution from him. What the distribution from him wasn't good enough. That's, today. that's yeah. the big thing. That's that's, that's the that's the big thing. That's the worrying thing for me is the distribution. Mm. This was a goalkeeper that a lot of people were praising, not for the shot stopping, not for him being commanding, um, etc. It was for his distribution. He made a couple of good passes today. Don't get me wrong, but, but it's not consistent. It's not been consistent over the past games. Like even in the North London exactly. derby, wasn't the best. The game in the Champions League against PSV, not the best. Um, maybe he still needs a bit of time to get accustomed to it. But for a goalkeeper that was brought in to be a good distributor, uh, I've not seen it. Yeah. I've not seen it. So, yeah. look, it, it, it's an interesting one. I just don't think it's a foregone conclusion with Ramsdale and it's David Raya. Maybe for Mikel Arteta, it is. And I wouldn't be surprised. I think in Mikel Arteta's head, David Raya is number one now. Aaron Ramsdale is the number two, and I think he sees it that way. But I just think that would be uh, harsh. that would yeah, it would be harsh, and it would just be it, it wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't be fair. Mm. Let them fight it out. Yeah, mm. I've I've not I've uh, there's not much between them <sighs> right now. So look, Ramsdale that performance against Brentford I thought is very good. Yeah. Very good yeah. performance against Brentford. I thought that was the Aaron Ramsdale that we've seen for a long, long time. And exactly. he's not had the best couple of months, but that performance was very good. So, yeah, it's one of those things. One thing I want to touch on that I that I um, saw during the game, and I said that when we played against PSV Eindhoven, I think Arsenal, this Champions League tournament, it's, it's an interesting one. I think... You saw in the first game against PSV Eindhoven, Noah Lang, how he was troubling Ben White on the right-hand side. And I looked at this game again against Lenz, and I thought Alexander Zinchenko, yeah, great footballer. One of the best inverted fullbacks, whatever you want to call him, in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Last season, when he was playing in the same formation, in the same system, not much was... Was, was being done in terms of the defensive side of the game. He had that security with Granite Shaka. Like, True. say, for example, uh, a winger's coming up against Inchenko or a team's countering us. There would be one player that was stepping in and allowing Zinchenko to, to play that role. And that was Granite Shaka. Yeah. This season, Kai Havertz in that left-sided midfield position, I saw it tonight in the Champions League. Zinchenko defensively, he wasn't the best. 
he wasn't the best on the ball, very good. But defensively, he was not the best. Mm. And Kai Havertz was nowhere to be seen. No, There's nowhere to be seen from on, on a defensive point of view. And Arsenal could come unstuck in this tournament, in the bigger games. Because when you come up against the likes of Kylian Mbappe, um, Vinicius, the best wingers in mm. Europe, you need... Okay, so for example, if you don't have out-and-out fullbacks which are defensively reliable, you need players in and around the team that can help fill that void. Yeah. And today, like with Kai Havertz, look, he scored on the weekend yet. It was great for him. But I need to be seeing more. Mm. I need to be seeing more. I'm seeing a player that gets the ball but doesn't do much with it. Yeah. That's me being brutally honest. Yeah. Gets the ball, he doesn't do much with it. I know he's played a nice ball to Trossard and Trossard probably should score and he doesn't. But from an attacking point of view, it was again poor. It mm. was and I don't want people coming and telling me, look, he had a decent game. He never had a decent game. These are the games where you want Kai Havertz to make a name for himself. Mm. When Bakaya Saka goes off, who should be who should be next in line? Look, you got Martin Odegaard. You've got players that can fill that void in terms of contributions, goal contributions, assist contributions. But Kai Havertz, we bought him for £60 million. Pounds. Yeah, needs to step up, innit? Needs to step up. I mean, it, there was... Um, there was one point where he, he had he had a volley, didn't he? And and he just side footed it. it. It was a good save, but the technique's but wrong with that. It's all put your laces through it. It's literally put on a plate for you. Just just whack the ball. Just put your laces through it. Yeah. If he's if he's sixty million pounds and he's a professional footballer, think of the amount of times. I mean, I can think of the amount of times that I've tried a volley. But and I'm a centre back who who has been playing for yes I've been I've been playing for pretty much my whole life but I stopped when I was 18. He's obviously been playing from that at a much higher level as a as a, a false nine as a striker whatever whatever he is he know he he is capable of a volley that is is literally if he was to hit that properly it would remind me of a of a Van Persie goal. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, was it against Charlton? Uh, Charlton, Everton, uh, Liverpool. Yeah. So many. Yeah, so many it's, it, it was. It would have been Van Persie esque, and he, he just decided to side foot it, and it was the wrong decision. Don't get me wrong. As I said, it was a good save, but there wasn't as much power on it as you would hope. Maybe it was the fact that it was quite a tight angle, but make the keeper work a little bit more. All we needed to do is stick his arm out. Try and try and make him work a little bit more. And yeah, he wasn't really. He, he's not. He's not a very creative person. Is he's he? not. When he receives the ball, he's more. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. And then just he just he, he looks. He looks for the easy pass. Yeah. He looks. He looks for the easy pass, whether it's sideways, or whether it's to a player who's in front of him, or mm. sometimes he decides to go back. But your left-sided attacking midfielder should be making things happen. Exactly. Uh, I mean, literally, there was a pass that he made where he actually dribbled. Uh, he was on. He was on his corner of the box, and he dribbled ra- back a little bit, and then passed the ball across the box um, to to I think it was Tomiyasu or, or Vieira. And I was like, Oh my god, he's actually dribbled a little bit and then passed the ball instead of just a little pass. And I was thinking, Oh, that looked weird because it, it, <laughs> he never does it. But back on what you were say- saying about Granite Xhaka. 
that's the that's the problem that we've been having and the conversation that we had when we got Havertz in the first place. Mm. Where is Havertz going to play? Is he going to be able to fill the boots of Granit Xhaka, who had an amazing season last season? He was fantastic because he was able to defend and attack at the same time. He was able to do both. Mm. And there are points where I do see the fact I do see Havertz work off the ball uh, and and try and close down the opposition, but he doesn't do that deep. He only does that when their defence or or defensive midfielders have the ball. That's when I, that's the only time that I see him close the close the ball down. He never kind of drops back as much as we liked Shaka uh, to do, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's what we're thinking because. Odegaard is obviously more attacking minded uh, and Declan Rice or Partey more defensive minded. With Shaka, he's a middle ground. He is someone that can do both and he's an all rounder. So when you change that up and bring in someone else that's definitely more attacking minded, a person that has been playing as a striker or false nine for the past three years or however long at Chelsea, He's not going to be able to do the the exact same job that someone like Shaka had been doing over the past couple of seasons. And with someone like Zinchenko, who we've both said and you just previously said isn't the best defender, that could be a problem. Uh, I mean, that might be why Timber got brought in. You saw how good he he was when he was defending, but he's he's obviously injured and that's the problem that we have. But Maybe then that should be a conversation of if you need to defend a little bit more, put Tomiyasu on the left because he is more of a defender. We saw um, earlier today, uh, earlier tonight, Tomiyasu, he made a brilliant run through and he had an opportunity to uh, to cross it. He did cross it, but it was a little dink. Ben but White is someone that he, he gets that ball in quick. He That's the thing. That's the thing. Like with Tomiyasu, I look at him and I don't think he's... For this system, yeah, for Mikel Arteta's system, I don't think he's suited mm. to be a fullback. For me, Tommy Asu's best position right now in this Arsenal team is as a centre-back. Mm. I think he's, yeah. he'll be a top centre-back for Arsenal. Yeah. As a fullback in possession, I think he's a bit nervous. Mm. I don't think he trusts his ability. Mm. Um, obviously, you, you, as a defender, one-on-one, he's very good. He can do a job. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he starts against Manchester City this weekend just because of that. Obviously, when you have a player like Doku, who, who's very good um, as an attacker, you want someone who can handle him and contain him. So it wouldn't surprise me if he started. But yeah, the, 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 I just think a lot went wrong. A lot went wrong tonight for Arsenal. Like It was a disaster night in, in, in the Champions League. Um Look, it could it could be worse. Like we could be sitting here and talking about the fact that we we we're third, but we're second still, thanks to PSV Eindhoven scoring a late goal in the game against Sevilla um, that ended two two. But it shows Charlie that the Champions League it's not the Europa League. No, we no. have to take teams seriously, and look, we've done that, but the performance was not up to standard. I don't know whether the players are thinking about Sunday, the importance of that. But the game today, we should be winning that. We should be putting the ball in the back of the net and we should be coming away with three points. But for me, it's it's um, a reality check for Arsenal. Sometimes this is this this is good. 
if this happens. Look, we've we've not lost this season. This was our first defeat. It's true. And sometimes these things, they they give you a bit of um, room to work on. Like, look, we've lost. We're not undefeatable. So in that in on that basis, hopefully we'll have learned some lessons. But what's your um, final thoughts after tonight? I, I mean, just hopefully. Uh, for Man City, we can see where we went wrong today and we need to work on the sloppiness that we saw tonight. Uh, Just the passing overall just wasn't good enough. We saw a couple of good passes, uh, but not many to name. A lot of the time we were just very sloppy. Gabriel was sloppy. Zinchenko was sloppy. Tommy Asu was sloppy. David Raya was sloppy. I think I think that the only Declan Rice, I think Declan Rice is probably our best player. Yeah, I, exactly. I was just about to say that I think the only good players on the pitch today was Saliba, Rice, Smith Rowe showed promise as well. I, I Jesus, really yeah, yeah. Smith Rowe, Jesus, yeah, probably does. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, Rice was once again a standout player for us. Um, so thank God that he's that he's fit, man. Thank God because if if it, if Saka and Rice were both unfit for for City, I think that would be extremely tough. But hopefully, Touchwood Saka is going to be fine for Sunday. Um, good job that we're playing on a Sunday and a Tuesday, so he does actually get a few days rest. Yeah. So just fingers crossed, he's going to be okay. Fingers crossed, he's going to be okay, and hopefully, we can work on today. I see this as a learning curve, and. And and just kind of progress from it. I think that's really the only thing that we can do. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it is a painful night because it's never nice seeing your team lose, um, especially in the Champions League. But look, we've lost. Um, it's a time to reflect. It's a time to learn. It's a time to realise where we went wrong. Uh, and we'll come away with it, um, hopefully, a much better team because we've got a massive, massive game this weekend against the best team in the world in my opinion and like you just touched on we can't afford to make the same mistakes that we made tonight because we will get punished um but look we're gonna wrap it up there charlie thanks for jumping on tonight. thank you for having me and thank you to everyone watching and, and listening and hopefully we can we can improve on this on this champions league defeat really yeah hopefully indeed um let us know in the comments um, how you thought um, the game went tonight? Um, I'm kind of expecting <laughs> what the response will be. But yeah, let us know in the comments. Um, let us know what your opinion on uh, Bukayo Saka's uh, injury is. Um, do you think he should have been rested for tonight's game in France? But yeah, it would be interesting to know everyone's thoughts and opinions in terms of that. But yeah, if you have enjoyed the show, folks, uh, please uh, drop a like. Uh, we're closing in on 100,000 subscribers on the channel which is a massive achievement. Um, So, yeah, always appreciate the support on the channel. So if you have enjoyed the show, folks, drop a like, make sure to subscribe and keep following us down the Arsenal way.